Hello, everyone, and welcome once again to the Unknown Friends podcast. I'm your host, Rochelle Ferguson from Kitty Wayne Productions, and I want to thank you for joining me for today's episode. You have tuned in this week to episode 16 of season 3, and today marks the beginning of a new trilogy we'll be discussing on the podcast, Isaac Asimov's Foundation Trilogy. This is our sixth trilogy of the year, and we've only got two more after this one in our season of trilogies. So today we will begin by discussing Isaac Asimov a bit, his life and career, and then we'll take a quick look at book one of his trilogy, simply titled Foundation. Then over the next two episodes, we will spend some time with books two and three, discussing the storylines and characters and themes of the Foundation trilogy. So let's start off by discussing this author for a little while, uh, because I think it often provides helpful context to get a general understanding of the writer when discussing a work of literature. So Isaac Asimov, he was a 20th century American writer, but he was a Russian Jew by birth. He was born in Russia in 1920, and his family moved to the U.S. when he was three years old in 1923, and then he lived in America for the rest of his life. Asimov was kind of a genius, as you will quickly discover. He taught himself to read at age five, and then taught his little sister to read as well. He graduated from high school at age 15, and then graduated from college at age 19. In college, um, he started by majoring in zoology, but then switched to chemistry. And after he finished his bachelor's degree, he went on to earn an MA and finally a PhD in chemistry by the time he was 28. After that, he got a position teaching biochemistry at the Boston University School of Medicine. But after just a few years there, he kind of withdrew from the research side of professorship and even became less and less active as a teacher over time so that he could have more time to write. But nonetheless, he held the title of professor for many, many years, even though he had actually become a writer first and foremost. So then how did that side of his career, the writing side, develop? Well, Asimov loved to read as a child and as an adult, and he became especially interested in science fiction very early on. So his family owned candy stores in Brooklyn, New York. That's where Asimov grew up. And in his parents' stores were sold not just candy, but also pulp magazines, including science fiction magazines. Now, Asimov was not at first allowed to read these, but... Apparently, at age nine, he convinced his dad that the magazines had to be educational because they had the word science in the title. And so his parents relented, and Asimov quickly became a huge fan of science fiction. A few years later, he became interested in writing, and he got his first short story published in his school's literary journal when he was 14. At age 17... While he was in college, he first started more seriously imagining writing as a possible career. He started trying to write sci-fi stories and get them published in magazines, but he faced some rejections at first. 
However, he began getting mentored by one of the editors who had rejected his initial submissions, a man named John Campbell, who was editor of the magazine Astounding Science Fiction, which is a great title. And that friendship or mentorship was a really beneficial thing for Asimov as he was trying to learn how to write well. And it paid off quickly. He sold his first science fiction story in 1938, when he was just 18, and it was published in the spring of 1939. And then he managed to get more stories published at an increasing rate throughout 1939 and 40. He wasn't earning enough yet to make a career out of it, but it did help him fund his education, so that was encouraging to him. Then in 1941 a more significant moment happened for him. He got a short story published that was entitled Nightfall. And looking back years later, he described this event as a watershed in his writing career. And he's only 21 at this point, right? But this story was kind of an instant classic. It took the science fiction world by storm. And Asimov later said it gave him some recognition that he had not received up to that point. And interestingly, the story was somewhat innovative in that rather than being super um, tech-focused or super dramatic, like a lot of sci-fi was at this point, Nightfall was what Asimov called social science fiction. So it focused more on um, realistic human or, or societal elements instead. And this trend in sci-fi picked up in the 1940s, but Asimov was one of the writers who helped propel it. Now, despite this early highlight in his writing career, Asimov almost abandoned writing science fiction in 1942 because he wasn't seeing it bring in enough income to be able to depend on it as a full-time writer. So at this point, he was working for the Navy as a chemist for a few years during World War II, and he stopped writing for a short time. But uh, kind of on the side, as he worked as a chemist and then after the war earned his PhD, he couldn't totally keep away from writing. So throughout the 40s, he did keep publishing short stories kind of in his free time. Then in the 50s, sci-fi started becoming more and more popular. And as the demand for it was increasing, Asimov found more and more opportunities to support himself and his family through writing. And so this is when he started backing away from his teaching duties at Boston University and started really considering himself a full-time writer. He wrote prolifically in the 1950s, novels as well as short stories. And this is the time when his Foundation trilogy was published along with his book, I, Robot, which is probably his other most famous work. Now, in the 60s and 70s, there came an interesting little um, shift in his focus. He started writing less fiction and a lot more nonfiction on all kinds of topics. Like I said, he was kind of a genius. He was incredibly knowledgeable on tons of different subjects. So, for instance, he wrote a lot of popular science books, He also wrote history books, a lot about the ancient world, um, but also others about uh, the Middle Ages and later. 
He wrote literary criticism, studies on the Bible and Shakespeare and Milton and more. He wrote tons of essays, many on scientific topics or about the art of science fiction. He also wrote quite a few mystery stories, interestingly. This was especially in the 70s and 80s. He wrote two mystery novels and then dozens of short stories that were eventually collected in 10 or 12 volumes, I think. He said Agatha Christie was his favorite mystery writer and the one whose style he modeled his own on. And on top of all this, he wrote actually a couple of autobiographies. So prolific doesn't even quite capture the extent of his literary output. Ultimately, by the time he passed away in 1992, he had written hundreds of books, by some counts over 500. And that does not even include uncollected short stories or essays, of which there are many. And unsurprisingly, he won many literary awards, I think around maybe 20 awards for his writing, along with like 14 honorary doctorates from different places. And he even has some things named after him. Um, an asteroid, a crater on Mars, and, you know, various other things. So he made his mark. Today he is definitely considered to be one of the giants of 20th century science fiction. He was hugely popular and just helped shape science fiction as we know it. Now, the Foundation Trilogy is my first foray into Asimov's work, so I have only scratched the surface of his literary canon. But I have read or heard a little bit about some of his other works, and that, combined with my reading of Foundation, allows me to speak a very little bit, at least, about his style, um, to give you kind of a heads up about what to expect if you should choose to venture into Asimov's fiction. His writing style, in a lot of ways, is very plain. It is efficient and direct, and he doesn't typically waste time with lots of descriptions or other kinds of details that aren't particularly relevant. So it's kind of a streamlined writing style. Along with that, his work also tends to be plot-focused more than character-focused. Now, this varies somewhat between his different works, from what I understand, but generally speaking, he's more interested in what happens and how and why than in who does it. Now, he is interested in humanity as a whole, uh, or you could say the human condition, but often more on a big picture scale and less on an individual scale. And again, I'm generalizing somewhat, of course. Um, and this approach is evident in the Foundation Trilogy in interesting ways, which we will discuss. Uh, quickly on a related note, Asimov himself was a humanist. He was not religious, even though he was raised by Orthodox Jews. His parents never pushed their faith onto their children, and Asimov never embraced it. So he was an atheist and a humanist all his life. And I think that's helpful to know as we read his works, since obviously one's belief about God's existence or non-existence guides nearly everything else one believes and does. 
Now, with all that background, let's now zoom in and discuss the Foundation Trilogy a little bit. First of all, when and how did Asimov write these books? They actually began in the 1940s, when Asimov was in his 20s, working, studying, earning degrees, and not really at this point planning to become a professional writer. But he was still publishing some short stories in magazines during these years, and it was actually a number of these stories that eventually became the three novels, Foundation, Foundation and Empire, and Second Foundation. So more specifically, from 1942 to 1950, Asimov wrote a series of eight connected short stories that were then collected and republished in three volumes as a trilogy in 1951, 52, and 53. Now, for many years, that is where the Foundation stories ended, but fans were so persistent in begging Asimov to write more stories in the same setting that eventually in the 1980s, he returned to the Foundation world and he wrote two sequels to the trilogy and also two prequels. So ultimately, there ended up being seven novels in this series, but for 30 years or so, it was just three, so those are the three that we are discussing here on the podcast. Now, the underlying concept of the Foundation stories is a really intriguing one. Asimov coined a term for it. He called it psychohistory. And psychohistory, Asimov describes, is essentially a science by which group behavior is studied and can be predicted and predicted thousands of years in advance. So it's kind of a blend of psychology and statistics used in a predictive way. Years after writing the trilogy, Asimov said he actually should have called it psychosociology, but originally he called it psychohistory, so that is what we're left with. So book one of the Foundation trilogy, which is also just called Foundation, starts by introducing us to a brilliant scientist named Harry Seldon. Or more specifically, he's not just a scientist, he is a psychohistorian. So he has developed and fine-tuned the science of psychohistory so accurately that by using mathematical predictions of mob behavior, he has predicted the future of civilization 30,000 years in advance. Now, of course, this is science fiction, right? So the imagined world that Harry Seldon lives in is a vast universe of countless inhabited planets with very advanced technology, and as a whole, the galaxy contains a population of billions and billions of people. And the central governing power of the universe is called the Galactic Empire. Now, as a result of Seldon's intense studies, he has realized that the empire is decaying from within and will totally crumble in just a couple hundred years. And Seldon has predicted that the chaos that will ensue after the empire's collapse will last thousands and thousands of years if nothing is done to prevent it. Science and art will be all but lost, 
and it will take humanity about 30,000 years to recover and develop a new uh, functional galactic civilization. So this is depressing news. Uh, if Selden is right, and according to his statistics, there's hardly any chance that he's wrong, if he's right, humanity is doomed to anarchy for a thousand generations. So even though he won't still be alive when the Empire falls, much less during those years of chaos, Harry Selden makes it his mission, for the good of the generations that will come after him, to use his psychohistoric knowledge to make a plan that may be able to shrink that 30,000-year dark age. If he can use his predictive sociology to glimpse what will lie ahead if things go on as they are, then he thinks he can alternatively set some things in motion that will, according to his studies, change what would otherwise be humanity's inevitable future. So his goal, and what he thinks is possible, is to shrink that 30,000-year dark age into something more like a 1,000-year dark age, which is long, but still a huge improvement. So that's his goal. And what Selden does is he establishes colonies on two distant planets, one or both of which will work to retain the civilization that will be lost when the Galactic Empire collapses. So they will maintain and develop science and technology, um, art and literature, religion, trade, all the things that enable a culture to thrive. The only catch is that the colonies can't exactly know why they are where they are or how they fit into the overall plan. They can't even know about Selden's plan or very little of it. Because this, we learn, is one of the basic laws of the science of psychohistory. If the populations involved are aware that they are acting according to certain predictions, that knowledge can actually skew their behavior. They may start acting not as they naturally would, but in new, different ways, um, responding to their kind of self-awareness. So that's the crucial thing. Selden sets his plan in motion, and it will develop long after he has died, but he has to leave behind just enough information to keep the plan going without revealing the whole thing and throwing it off course. So then the way this plays out in the first Foundation book is a bit odd. Harry Selden himself we see very little of, only briefly at the very beginning. Most of the book happens after Selden's death and traces the development of one of the two colonies he founded, which he simply called the Foundation. So the Foundation colony is on a planet called Terminus at one far end of the galaxy, and it originally is established as just a small group of intellectuals whose mission is to make a library, basically, keep or make records of civilization's knowledge. And this will be the embryo for a new civilization to eventually emerge after the Galactic Empire crumbles. But what the book does, um, this first book of the trilogy, it doesn't really have a main character. Instead, it's almost as if the plan, 
Selden's plan for his foundation is the main character, or the focus at any rate. So instead of following the experiences of a particular person, the book follows the early development of the foundation by zeroing in on four successive crisis points in the first 150 years of its existence and showing how the foundation survived those crises and grew through them. Now, decades of peace occur between each of those crisis points. So for the most part, the characters that are involved in each crisis are different. So because of that, I think the book feels a little bit disjointed, which only makes sense given that it was originally published as several separate short stories. Um, So you have to go into the story not expecting to connect super deeply with a main character, because each character you meet, you're only going to be with for a few chapters, and then once that crisis is resolved, Asimov jumps forward, you know, 50 years or something to the next crisis and to a whole new batch of characters. So you just have to keep in mind that really the foundation as a whole or humanity as a whole, even, is the real focus or purpose of the story. Now, that is just book one. Um, The structure of books two and three is slightly different, um, but we will get to that in our next two episodes. For now, uh, the last thing I just want to mention is an interesting connection or backdrop to the Foundation novels. What originally inspired Asimov to start writing the Foundation short stories back in the 1940s was his reading of the six-volume History of the Decline and Fall of the Roman Empire by Edward Gibbon, written in the 18th century. Asimov had just read Decline and Fall for the second time, and he was talking with his mentor John Campbell from the Astounding Science Fiction magazine, And they had this idea to write a story similar to the Roman Empire's decline and fall, but, uh, you know, set in space in a galactic empire. I mentioned earlier, I think, that Asimov had an interest in history, um, and he actually wrote several popular history books in his career. And this is just one example, I think, of how interested in history he really was. Um, It just amazes me a little bit that the decline and fall of the Roman Empire inspired the science fiction foundation novels. And this, incidentally, is why he says he coined the term psychohistory specifically, Um, even though he said later that psychosociology would have been a much more apt term for what he was describing. He said that at the time he couldn't really get the idea of history out of his head. Um, even though it's really, I guess, psycho-future he's describing, he could only think to put it in terms of psychohistory. So anyway, that is, I think, an interesting connection. And if we get the chance in our next two episodes, I would love to talk a bit more about what Asimov does with this source material from ancient history. Um, but we'll just have to see what we have time for. At any rate... Next time in episode 17, we will be taking a look at book two in the trilogy titled Foundation and Empire, and we'll start discussing some of the themes of the books as well. So I hope you will be able to join me for that discussion. Thanks for listening today, and I hope you enjoyed it. 
As always, I am your host, Rochelle Ferguson, and if you ever want to learn more about me and my writing, you can always visit my website, kittywayandproductions.com. I'll see you in two weeks.